it, it's a hard thing. Like I've just been in business so long where I just know certain things will work. And I just know it's one of those things that'll work. And I don't know how to explain it other than I know I can make the numbers back out. In what way, like it, it's, it's hard for me to explain to a lot of people. I'm not saying to you guys, but some people don't understand the value of brand and the traffic and what it can do for a long haul. But because I've been doing this for 16 years, I've seen it. Listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ed Poor Ed Podcast. This is your host, Zach Johnson. I'm with Mr. Dylan Carpenter. Dylan, you excited? Pumped, man. I've seen this guy speak at a couple conferences. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, and today's guest needs no introduction. I think he knows a little thing or two about, you know, traffic and marketing and things like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Neil Patel, man, welcome to the show. Neil Patel, founder and CEO of neilpatel.com. That's, that's so original. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, by the way, I'm a big fan of um, what you've done with like Uber Suggest. We we totally use it. That was awesome to see like how you how you guys rolled that out recently and uh, kind of incorporated that into NeilPatel.com. Uh, but tell everybody a little bit about like what you're up to these days. What's new uh, and uh, what, what's exciting for you. Yeah, um, these days I'm working on my ad agency, Neil Patel Digital, and then, of course, running Uber Suggest as well. But those are the main two things I'm working on. There's not much more other than that. All right, man. I love it. Okay, so here's what I'm excited to talk about today is agency life with Neil Patel, man. I feel like you just closed some epic contracts that so many agencies would just, like, drool over. Uh, And so, like, I, I... there are so many that, you know, get stuck in this like 5k a month, 10k a month retainer hamster wheel. But word on the street, man, is that you've just taken it to like a whole nother level. And uh, I'm curious, like, what's it cost to work with the Neil Neil Patel digital these days? There's no flat pricing. It's all custom based on your business. What do we have to do to hit the goals and objections? It's all ROI based none of it is cookie cutter. of course it is but it's expensive uh customization uh, we have an smb division which is very affordable and then we have an enterprise division. like we have clients paying us five figures a year uh and yeah. then we have clients paying us in the seven figures a year. that's what i want to talk about that's what <laughs> so i want to talk about in the smb division we have a neil patel accelerator for small and medium businesses and yeah. then we have an enterprise division all right i want to talk about this enterprise division what what is uh what 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 goes into that like break break it down right so that everyone listening to this podcast it really kind of fits into a couple buckets they're either an you know agency owner they're an advertiser spending a ton on 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 facebook or google ads or they're really an affiliate uh doing what you know the, the 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 latter so i think for some of the the agencies listening on the show would love to learn about how the hell do you close like enterprise agency contracts i mean 
obviously with your brand and your name, maybe it's a little bit easier, but like still you've that's that's not uh super easy to do. So walk us through how that works. There is no solution. So all the way from getting a lead or all the way from pitching, because we kind of get the leads inbound. Well, of course, yeah, I don't need yes, not getting <laughs> not getting the lead. Like okay. what is what does that pitch look like? So the first is a discovery call. We figure out where they're at. What are they yeah. trying to achieve? Then from there, we send them a questionnaire. We get them to answer it. The questionnaire is based on the, what information we need to do analysis. Then once we have that, our team goes and does an analysis on the business. Uh, we try to create projections and stuff on what we think we can move the needle, how much more revenue can we drive, how much ROI based on their margins and numbers, how long it's going to take. Then we break down what can be done, and then we look at their internal resources and what we actually think we can implement by when, uh, or what needs to be done on our and what needs to be done on their end, etc. And then we do a pitch and we break it all down and we break down how we're going to get them the ROI. Uh, the process in general can take a few months, and then if they like that, then you typically go through a procurement process. Procurement tries to beat you up on the pricing. You negotiate. And then you go through legal and get it all ran off. But it can take two to three months just to close a deal easily, sometimes six months. Wow. Because you have to do multiple divisions, right? Like yeah. someone has SEO issues or paid issues and conversion issues. You got to figure out how to fix all of them. One's if someone has like a crazy Q4 goal because they're publicly traded and you got to figure out how to hit it, right? Like all these things impact it. Yeah. So, uh, that's amazing. Who are you typically selling against, you know, for these seven figure contracts that you have to go through procurement and legal on, uh, other bigger agencies. So divisions of like WPP or Densu Aegis. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's usually like, like the I prospects of the world, uh, which is owned by Densu Aegis. Um, but yeah, it's right. all other, agencies typically owned by the holding companies we we usually don't run up against the small and medium agencies what i mean by that like you know there's a lot of uh people who own agencies like honestly speaking we don't run run up against most of them uh on the enterprise end got it got it okay so here's the grass is always greener on the other side i I can't tell you how many ad agencies we talk to that are like have a dream one day of getting into software but you've like flipped the script you've like crushed it in software on multiple occasions <laughs> and here you are like doing the agency so like what was the like what was the inspiration where you're just like oh you know what like i'm not gonna go create another seven eight figure SaaS company i'm gonna do services because <laughs> that's the valuations in that are just incredible uh just kidding but <laughs> what was the uh what was the reason why did you want to do that well i i don't run the agency my co-founder mike runs it Oh yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. I That's work a- on strategy and stuff. I'm involved in the agency, but I don't have to run the day-to-day operations. Got it. So what you're saying is money. <laughs> yes, but we also used to pay a lot of agencies to do our own marketing. And I, I was so picky and I hated so many of them that we just <laughs> did it internally. Fair enough. So, yeah, I got it. All right, cool. Well, cool, man. Let's get into this rich ad. What's working for you now? What uh, What's something that um, is either an ad or a funnel or an offer that uh, is surprisingly doing quite well? Sure. So this is like the silliest thing ever. 
But most people, when they get traffic to their site, they remarket them, right? And when you do remarketing traffic, where do you send them to? Typically back to the same page. So it's been working really well for us right now, and this is really silly, is we remarket all the people who go to the checkout page, right? Add to cart, checkout, whatever you want to call for SaaS, e-commerce, doesn't matter. And then we create videos that show them what the experience is like if they would have completed the checkout of the product or service. Mm. like a high quality video and the conversions of that are through the roof because a, a lot of the people right in many cases majority of the people that hit checkout don't buy so this is like you're talking about for like maybe one of your agency clients that's in e-commerce that are that's like you know purchasing at checkout or like give me an example of a product that that you're just any anything that has a checkout page do this. Yeah, let's keep it really simple. Let's say you are selling sh- uh, insoles for high heel shoes. Okay. And that's all you're selling. And you're probably going to get a hundred people visiting your checkout, but you're lucky if like 50% of them buy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll send a video to the other 50% on Facebook, YouTube, talking about how it's like to have these insoles and how it's so much better mm. in your shoes and just showing them. But the pitch needs to be the opposite. So if your whole website pitch is like all logical, we'll do the video emotional. If your pitch on the website is all emotional, the pitch on the video is logical. Because you couldn't convince them in the first place, right? So you got to try to rotate it up and do a different pitch. Ooh, I like that. There you go. Retargeting. It's like some low-hanging fruit. <laughs> That's amazing. It's, it's, it's a low-hanging fruit that most people aren't using. The, the biggest thing that we're doing right now, which doesn't go into ads, but we're noticing this trend that people aren't going to like, and the trend is ad costs are just going up. So what we're finding is, is giving more away for free actually can boost your conversion rates in your funnel than actually fine-tuning your ad copy, your ad offer, your landing page, or any of that. Mm. Like, seriously, it's just a cheaper hack. Just give away more for free and spend less on ads because your, <laughs> your, your conversion from your ad will go through the roof. I'm not saying turn off your ad, just spend less. Your conversion rate goes through the roof. Now, is it more of a kind of a free plus shipping or is it kind of a value bundle deal? Get this for free when you kind of buy this. Uh, it could be bundle deal. It could be free plus shipping. It could be any one of those things. The other thing that ends up doing quite well too is, uh, you know, like let's say if you're in software, you would end up doing it more of the features for free mm-hmm. um, or upsells, downsells, mm-hmm. uh, bundling a lot of things for free within there. You know, mm-hmm. normally you would get this for $10, but we're going to give you X, Y, and Z for $12 or something like that. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's Ad Card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out Ad Card. See, the typical agency model is this you charge 10% of your spend. You make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account. And before ad card, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask and then you had to put the card on your own amex 
or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different and streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at FunnelDash.com. All right, Neil, I want to know, poor Edmund, I want to know something that you're embarrassed to talk about that failed uh, and, and maybe just hurt like a little bit. <laughs> okay, so I was really pissed off at this one. So, you know, we had a ad guy on my account and I was telling him like, hey, just ramp me up. I want to be at 100 grand. This is for a new campaign. I'm like, I want to be at 100 grand a month and spend with them like a week. I'm like, you think you can do it? He's like, yeah. And this was for Ubersess, our SEO app. Yeah. And this really hurt me because he's like, okay, I got ways to really do it and get cheap clicks. Because I wanted cheap clicks because it's like, I'm like, yeah, I don't care for conversion to pay. Just give me really cheap clicks that are super qualified. Because I was trying to do a branding play. And what he ended up throwing at me was... <laughs> He's just like, look at your audience in analytics. And he's just like, there's a lot of gamers who are reading our the neilpatel.com website and using Ubersess. So then he spent a shitload of that 100 grand in the first week on people who are interested in video games. I don't know, you've got to be shitting. That's so funny. I was so pissed off at that one. I was like, people in this world play video games. I don't give a crap about marketing. I'm like, come on, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I don't even know how someone thought about that and like thought that was logical. I was so pissed off. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> 25 Gs. I mean, it says a lot, though, to just like the, the, the angle, the creative, you know, has a big impact in like on, on LTV, right? <laughs> yeah, because it's like with video gaming, it's hot in this, you know, your, your audience loves video games. I'm like, because my audience loves video games. Advertising people who like video games, they they're going to like marketing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was really embarrassed about that one. I was just like, just really That's... pissed off and embarrassed. You know, I, the good news says on that, Neil, is that you shut it off after a week, right? It's only it's only 25 grand. <laughs> 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 all right. So let's talk about some financial principles here. So this show is all about blending the world of, of, of finance and bringing that world to, to advertising. And we're, our kind of enemy is uh, what we call marketer math, where we're rounding up to the nearest million. Um, but one of the things that I'd be curious on is cash flow management and how you manage the cash and, and the investments in your business uh, from an advertising and, and marketing perspective. So you're saying, how do I manage the cash from an advertising management perspective? Yeah, like if you're ultimately, as a business owner, you are making investment decisions, right? Like I'm going to invest 100K a month into Uber Suggest. I'm going to invest XYZ into this initiative. And, you know, some, some businesses uh, are more aggressive on those investments. Some aren't. Uh, some are willing to lose money, you know, on those investments. There's no right or wrong way, but like if it's for my own business, I do a lot of stuff for branding and I don't care about the ROI. For most people, I tell them if you spend a dollar, you better make more than a dollar 
back and it better be profitable as well. Um, but I look at the LTV and I look at branding because I think brands are priceless. Like when, if you want to buy shoes, like, oh, I just want Nike or if I buy a car, you pick a brand like a Tesla or whatever, you know, not a lot of things are related to ROI. I think a lot of it's brand related, but just other people don't like that. And I'm huge on branding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what point should somebody start thinking about branding and like making those investments? Do you think? When they're already profitable and take their business to the next level, like trying to build like a nine figure, 10 figure company. Not yet. Okay. So if you're already doing like eight figures, branding should be something that you, if you yeah. want to get it. Like when people are doing like a million bucks to a million a year and they're like, yeah, I'm going to put all this money in branding. I'm like, yeah, don't do that. Uh, yeah. All right, that's right. Like if you're making like 10 million, 20 million in revenue and you want to figure it out, like, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. branding's great. Yeah, yeah. Got it. And, and how do you think about investing in new initiatives and new projects? Uh, you've got your agency, you've got your, your software businesses. You know, do you have like a, a loss pool on new test projects? Do you, uh, yeah, like how do you, how do you think about that? No, you just test and have fun and whatever works works. <laughs> it's not that methodical. Like Neil, Neil, you're so you sound so strategic when it comes to your SEO and your internet marketing and then you know and just like uh, yeah. <laughs> when you're growing, you're growing, right? Like you just gotta do yeah. experiments. It's different for all businesses. I'm very strategic and I'm very mindful when a business is starting off, but if you're spitting off free cash flow and you're growing really fast, I'm all mm-hmm. about experimenting and just doubling down. Mm. yeah i love that doubling down on what's working or doubling down on what's you're experimenting or both both yeah yeah. so i i I, I believe winner takes all right and this is like Mm. you got to go try to take over market share and try to create that monopoly i know that sounds bad but that's the reality if you look at most of the big companies they are monopolies whether they want to admit it or not google never says oh you know we control search Google always says, oh, we're not, we're like fourth in cloud computing and we can be losing against Amazon and, you know, iPhones kills us in the cell phone market. They never talk about search because they're the leader. Apple doesn't talk about iPhones because they're the leader. So they'll talk about Mm -hmm. other stuff like no one uses Safari browser compared to Chrome, you know, and, you know, and then you don't hear Microsoft talking about how they control the operating system, but like, we're losing with Azure against uh, AWS. You know, they're not here talking about everyone's using Microsoft Office. They're, they're talking about where they're losing. Right. But all big companies tend to be uh, mon- monopolies to some extent. And the yeah. other thing is they've all built brands. The brand mm-hmm. is the unknown X factor. Mm-hmm. Can you figure out how to build a brand? And that is not something that you can put a formula on. And that's where I think most people get wrong. Mm. All right. I want to switch gears here for a second. I want to talk about this tool section on your website. This is something I feel like I've noticed in the last year or two with what you're up to. Like, what's the high level strategy here with what you're doing with Uber Suggest and like this this suite of suite of tools? particularly with like your own branded domain, right? Like when I look at personally branded websites, I think of blogs, I think of podcasts, I think of like a course, something like that. But I mean, you're taking it to a whole nother level here. And I'm just curious to kind of get inside your brain of like what the big idea is behind uh, that. Just, just wait till next year, I'm going to release a MailChimp competitor and just make emails 100% free. Unlimited sends, unlimited contacts. What? Ooh. 
you want to send a hundred million emails a year, I mean a month, I'm going to pay for a hundred million emails and it'll be free for you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. What like, and you're going to put that under the Neil Patel brand. Yes. Okay. So like, what, what, like why, 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 why the Neil Patel brand? Why not like X, Y, Z. If you want to put it on the keyword email software, how much do you think it'll cost you CPC? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> or like email marketing, right? Let's take the word email marketing. What do you think my yeah. cost per click would be? Just take a guess. I don't know. $18. Yeah, 40 bucks. I don't know. Okay, so $42.57 right now in the United States. Ah! Oh, my God. All right? And people like MailChimp, Campaign Monitor, et cetera, are paying for this. So their cost for a paid customer is actually quite expensive. Would you agree with that statement? Because yes. not because every you if you pay for 10 clicks, probably not going to get one customer. You agree with that, right? You're not converting at 10%. That would be very rare. So yes. optimizing for LTV. It is cheaper to just give away the damn kit and poodle for free and just say, okay, I'll figure out a different way to monetize. My gosh. So this is like, Neil, this is, this was the exact thinking that led me down into creating ad card and ad capital it was like 10 years of B2B SaaS. FunnelDash originally starts out as this analytics and advertising tool. And I'm like, what is it well, like what does it look like for SaaS like to be free? And that was the original thesis that was like, oh, there's opportunities to monetize through financial products of a card and a capital side of things. And the and there's no like set, you know, SaaS subscription. So I'm curious, like what other monetization models do you see out there for somebody that wants to make their SaaS? Free because I had the same conversation with with ClickFunnels. They're like, "Well, what does ClickFunnels look like to be free?" I'm like, "Well, you guys kept like that's a little bit too late to the game here to to, to be able to pull that off." But like, yeah, because you can't. I, if you're Mailchimp, technically, they cannot just say, "Hey, we're going to take our 700 million in revenue and just make it all free." No, exactly. So that is my disruption. Mm. No, of course. But like, what do you think are some of the new monetization models for other you know SaaS companies like? I think the next decade financial products are going to be a new way to, to monetize for sure. But like, what do you think? Um, I think financial models, marketplaces, like eventually we'll release marketplaces with a lot of our software. There's a lot of different options, but um, everyone just optimizing for revenue on the front end. I think the real model is the back end, whether it's uh, you have an agency and upselling your product or creating marketplaces. If you have software or upselling other people's products on your checkout and them upselling yours. I just think that is the future. Mm. Marketplaces. Yeah, yeah. I love it, man. I, 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 I want to like spend like two hours on that topic alone <laughs> of like how to make your SaaS free and, um, and monetize the back end. Yeah. Yep. I think like a lot of SaaS subscription companies I know, make probably seven figures on like their certification programs and their agency partner programs. Uh, that's almost equivalent to their $50 a month, hundred dollar a month subscription business. Yep. Um, or like, uh, yeah. So I think that's an interesting, uh, way to monetize when you, when your SAS is free. Um, that's what, gosh, um, we interviewed Mike Fulsame of, um, funnels and that's what 
you know, he's done so well with, right? He's getting, he just passed over 200,000, 250,000 users. And he kind of <laughs> basically like stuck it to ClickFunnels. was like, yeah, it's, it's free. And uh, gosh, they were signing a couple thousand, couple thousand people a day. And the free version was a limited, right? It was like, it was a little bit of a bait and switch in the sense that you can only build like five funnels, but you, and then you had to upgrade to their, their lifetime deal. Um, which is something actually, I think you've done really well with Uber suggests, by the way, like this, like freemium and then how you like baked in like a lifetime deal at, at the bottom tier is like, that is like more SaaS companies need to be doing like an L like a lifetime, like a strategic lifetime deal, not like an AppSumo lifetime deal where they're just giving away everything. Right. But like, it's this. It's this, uh, you know, middle where you're just going to, um, you know, push people over the fence. Has that worked well for you or not so much? It has, but funny enough, we do the lifetime deal because it mainly takes more people to go to monthly. Yeah, right. Like it, it takes people from like a free to the, oh, really? Oh, so you wanted to actually push people to a monthly with their lifetime. Yeah, you yeah, actually- for lifetime. We also do it because it gives back to the community, but eventually we'll, we'll remove it. We're trying to figure out how to give less or our costs are down, but not that much less where people notice it, and then go back to a $10 a month price point. Got it. Got it. So yeah. The goal from the software isn't to make money, it's to break even. Uh, why? For what? Just because you want to sell them XYZ something else? <laughs> no, <laughs> or what? Gobble up market share. I'm not worried. Yeah. About, I'm not trying to think revenue and profitability. I'm trying to think just break even and gobble up market share. Okay. So, Help me understand, like, gobble up market share for Neil Patel. Like, so many people, they'll, they'll say personal brands, right? You can't sell them, you can't do it, like, blah, 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 blah. There, there's no equity, long, long, long-term equity value. What, what do you say, like, to that, right? I feel like you're a smart guy. <laughs> you probably got to have an answer of, like, why you're doing it for Neil Patel. I mean, you're kind of closing off some optionality of people that are going to want to buy the Neil Patel <laughs> tools. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, I just know the numbers work. It, 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 it's a hard thing. Like I've just been in business so long where I just know certain things will work. And I just know it's one of those things that'll work. And I don't know how to explain it other than I know I can make the numbers back out in what way, like it, it's, it's hard for me to explain to a lot of people. I'm not saying to you guys, but some people don't understand the value of brand and the traffic and what it can do for a long haul. But because I've been doing this for 16 years, I've seen it. So a lot of the mm. things I do is to gobble up market share and brand because I've seen what it does to income five, 10 years later. Mm. People won't want to play that game because it's too long of a game. See, you, yeah, yeah. you can't go to Sequoia Capital and say shit like, I'm going to go give away email and I'm going to pay for all the sends and do unlimited contacts and all this. And like, how are you going to monetize? Like, I don't know, but I'll figure it out later. Like that just doesn't fly. You get what I mean, right? Like it's, yeah. it, it, it just doesn't work. But my question is specifically on, like, I don't know anybody else in all of SaaS or info that has a SaaS tool that is branded under their personal name and domain. That's my yeah, so Question. when you combine them, but so my blog gets 10 million visitors a month when you combine it all. Wow. So I do it because it drives so much traffic to the tool. The tool also helps drive more traffic to the blog. It doesn't necessarily work if you're trying to sell it, but at the end of the day, if I can show people traction and revenue numbers, people tend to forget. 
things like, oh, it's under the Neil Patel name. If someone looks at your business, your business isn't this cookie cutter business. Five years ago, people would have told told you that your business is a silly idea. Right. Would you agree with that statement? Five years ago. Yes. <laughs> yes. They were just like, what? Analytics? To, why do you want to do analytics? Why do you want to do audits? Yeah, 100%. Okay. So, but when I look at how I'm doing with the naming and the convention, people look at it today and say it's silly, but the numbers prove out to work. So if the yeah. numbers prove out to work, they may not like it. But yes. If numbers prove out to work, these guys are all investors and financial people at the end of the day and spreadsheet junkies from Harvard. Yeah, yeah. Numbers talk. Yeah. There's so many businesses out there that people don't understand and they don't like, and they're like, why would you do this? But when the numbers work, like, oh, okay, sounds good. Well, look, the numbers are there on your blog, right? The numbers are, are definitely there in terms of recurring revenue and like SaaS. But like, I literally say there's no one else building SaaS tools and investing in that technology and rolling it up into a personal brand. Like that, I think is so like visionary. And I'm still having a hard time like struggling of like, okay, cool. Like you're just, I think you've just accepted that all these subscription and SaaS is just like, like a phenomenal business model and you're kind of okay with the accept that it's quote unquote, like not sellable because it doesn't have X, Y, Z own like. Yeah. I also don't optimize businesses brand. for the exit. Cause I also am not investor backed. Yeah. I optimize for what I think makes sense for the long haul. I'm not saying I'm right. I do it based on what I think is right for me based on what the numbers and the data is showing. Yeah. Other people may disagree. And I don't worry about the long haul of will an investor like this or not, because I believe I'm making the right long-term decision. I think eventually yeah. they'll start coming around. Just like when I tell them I want to do free email, they think I'm silly. Yeah. Right? But three, four years from now, we'll see if I'm silly or not. And <laughs> I, I'm, I probably could be the one that's wrong and I'm okay with taking that risk and bet. Yeah, it's a big bet. It's a really big bet. It's a big uh, expensive bet, sadly, but yes. Yes, yes. Very big and expensive bet. Well, Neil, man, I uh, what you're doing is visionary in terms of the SaaS tools on your, your personal brand, the, the what you're doing with, with Uber Suggest, lifetime deal pricing, your retargeting strategies, um, and we really appreciate you coming on and, and still willing to accept failure that you still lose twenty five grand on a, uh, on a on a first week of an ad campaign. So thank you. This has been super interesting. Tell everybody uh, what you're up to next and how we can support you. Check out ubersuggest.com. Funny enough, that forwards to neilpatel.com slash ubersuggest. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> awesome. All right, Neil, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ed podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoored.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment, share with a friend. If you do, Take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, Zach at FunnelDash.com. Show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to RichAdPoorEd.com. To leave a review, go to RichAdPoorEd.com slash review. Thanks again.